On today's episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand, I got to sit down with Alicia Reynoso, who recently exited an eight-figure brand. Just an amazing story. She was originally on Amazon and was trying to build a brand off of Amazon and stumbled upon challenges and challenges for e-commerce. And we talked all about that. We talked about how uh, running a challenge, um, she actually was able to double her initial return on ad spend on new customers and build an incredible community. And if you guys know anything about, you know, uh, the crystal ball of 2022, 2023, if you don't have a community, you don't have a brand. And so uh, this was just an amazing uh, interview. You guys are not going to want to miss this one. Hey guys, before we begin, I want to talk to you about how to grow your e-commerce brand in a post iOS 14.5 world. If you're doing over seven figures in D to C, you need to hear this. Back when Facebook ads were absolutely crushing it and driving massive amounts of revenue, setting up basic flows and sending out occasional email campaigns used to cut it, SMS marketing included. You'd see it constantly and so would we when we were looking at accounts at Mindful Marketing. Brands earning 20 to 45% of their total revenue with email marketing with maybe three to four hours of work a month. And that's because they just set up some basic flows and then silence. But now that the Facebook algorithm has stopped spitting out such ridiculous returns, where do we go? Retention. But it requires marketers to go deeper than simple templated flows and copy and pasted campaigns, which we've seen all the time. It requires actually having a system that increases the LTV of your customers and then actually realizing that entire customer lifetime value in a shorter period of time. And hopefully even seeing a higher LTV. We're saddened to see brands do all the same things with their emails and SMS, and we're sick of auditing agency accounts who simply set up welcome flows and show off how many sales they make. Anyone can set up a welcome flow, abandoned cart flow, etc. That is the simple stuff, guys. The real key in retention marketing is digging deep into your market, copy, offer, your creative, and then pairing that with a strategy that turns one-time buyers into two-time buyers, into three-time buyers, and on and on, just like we've seen at our brands. So if you want to find out exactly Exactly how deep our retention marketing strategy goes, book a quick wins call with our team and we will show you exactly how we drive more repeat sales for our clients and hopefully how you can too. Go to mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins. That's mindfulmarketing.co slash quick wins, all one word. Now on to today's episode. This episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand is brought to you by my favorite SMS platform in the world, PostScript. They are the leading SMS vendor for growing Shopify and Shopify Plus brands. They are loved by companies like Olipop, Kopari, Brooklinen, and 6,000 more, including all of my brands. Get a free 30-day trial of PostScript at postscript.io slash install. And sure, they're a sponsor, but seriously, I absolutely love these guys. One of the biggest issues that I had was sending SMS messages to multiple countries, and I wanted to send them all at the same time. But the issue was some of the other providers out there won't allow you to send to multiple countries at the same time. And that was causing our marketing teams massive headaches. Postscript solves that problem, as well as their pricing is just upfront. You can see exactly what you are going to pay every single month, and you can cap it for your marketing managers so they know how much you actually want to spend on your SMS marketing. It's an incredible tool, and I highly recommend it. Again, go to postscript.io slash install, and please tell them that Jordan West sent you. 
Hey guys, Jordan West back with another episode of Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Today, I am super, super excited about this topic. Uh, this is actually, it's interesting. I'm not going to tell you the topic yet. I just want to preface it a little bit here. I've known about this, what we're going to be talking about uh, for quite a while in the coaching and the agency space, and I've understood it from that perspective. But today, we're going to be talking all about challenges and how to use challenges in your e-commerce business to actually build a community. So I am super excited to introduce Alicia Reynoso to you guys. Alicia, welcome to Secrets to Scaling Your E-Commerce Brand. Hey, Jordan. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, this is one, like the best podcast episodes are one where like I'm genuinely interested in just <laughs> yeah. learning about this idea here and then getting to share it with all my friends here that listen to the podcast. So for people who don't know anything about you, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and a bit about your history. Yeah, for sure. Yes, my name is Alicia. I started selling online 2014. I just got started selling Amazon FBA private label. You know, that was like kind of how I got got started. But when I had first started my brand in 2014, I wanted it to be a brand. I didn't want to just like sell products. So I created like a whole mission statement and I wanted to do all of that, all of the whole branding experience, Yeah. but never really understood how to do it. And so from 2014 to 2018, we were growing pretty like pretty healthy growth year over year on Amazon. But then in 2018, that's when we're like, you know, we can, you know, we could scale this up and try to actually like really build that community and and brand. So that's when we got started selling more seriously on Shopify. So then from like 2018 to to now, we got serious about learning Facebook ads, email marketing, and and just trying to build our brand more off of Amazon, you know, kind of diversify our revenue. We were just 99% Amazon. And we're like, that's scary. So let's, let's try to get some of this on Shopify as well. And so then, yeah, yeah, we launched on Shopify. We were doing pretty good, but it wasn't until like 2020 that it just like clicked in my brain, like how we could build a community for our our brand through a challenge. And that's when we launched our challenge in 2020 and our community. And 20, 2020 was the year that we had our first eight figure, eight figure year from all of that. Nice. So that is amazing. So since then, you have actually <laughs> exited this this business. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Last year, 2021, uh, we were able to exit, which is exciting. Awesome. That was the goal. In 2018, that's when we, that's actually when we learned that you could sell your businesses. Before that, we didn't even know that was a thing that people were doing. And yeah, then you just thought it was just like, oh, this is a cash machine or, what, or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, or a cash exactly. sucking machine, depending on, <laughs> on what it is. Yeah, no, no, for real. <laughs> Yeah, and then 2018, uh, it was actually Ezra Firestone. He was like, hey, you know, you can sell your business. And I'm like, really? I'm like, that's cool. <laughs> and so then then we got real serious about like figuring it out and trying to, you know, split our revenue 50-50 between both platforms and build out a community and a whole brand, you know, uh, like decommoditize ourselves because we were just very much a, a commodity brand yeah. or business at that point before Absolutely. And, and I think that it's interesting. The people who listen to this podcast are kind of in that seven and eight figure range, uh, mostly on Shopify. And it's it's super interesting because everybody right now is making their brands, right? That are making that transition over to the third party marketplaces, right? Because they're like, oh, yeah. now we have to diversify, right? Customer acquisition cost is rising. We have to diversify over there. So it's, it's interesting hearing that. And I, I wanted to ask a couple of questions yeah. before we really get into the challenges and the mechanism of all the challenges there. For and sure. just t- touch on a couple of things. So you talk about Ezra Firestone. Were you in his mastermind? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We were in the okay. Blue Ribbon mastermind. Awesome. Yeah. Let's walk through that because we haven't actually talked about the incredible value of masterminds uh, for quite a while. Why did you join that? Like, it's really expensive, like the Blue Ribbon mastermind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Why did you join? Well, honestly, that well, he so we started with Amazing Selling Machine. You know, that was like, I don't know if you've heard about that program or that course to get started on on Amazon FBA. And Ezra spoke at one of the conferences there. Um, and I could just tell he like knew what he was talking about when it came to uh, Shopify and stuff. And so we had like, we were at seven figures, like within our first year on Amazon. And we were like, we want to keep growing this and, and get this bigger. And that's when we realized that he had his mastermind and we applied for it. And to be honest, like, I, I know what you're saying with masterminds, but that was like the one of the number one things that just helped us. That yeah, helped us yeah. scale was being able to like be in a group of people that are doing what you're doing at the level you're doing it and, and the execution and just being able to kind of get real lifetime feedback or lifetime feedback on what you're doing and ask questions. So hundred percent, a million times over, I would join masterminds uh, just for like that reason, you know, just having that, you know, we weren't able to go to all the live events because we got super wrapped up in our warehouse and working and stuff, but just having that resource to tap into is, is just invaluable. I'm pretty sure I don't know anybody who's in Blue Ribbon who isn't incredibly successful. Like I'm thinking of like all my friends that are in Blue Ribbon and I'm like, they're all like their brands are massive. Like one of my buddies, you know, they've scaled to like a hundred million this year, just like incredible. And, and a lot of it is just like, yeah, we learned this one little thing here and we connected with this person over here. So Mm -hmm. if you guys are thinking about getting into a mastermind, I highly, highly recommend it. It's just whatever level it is, like start, you can start with a small one if you want, like you don't have to go, you know, into like a highly, you know, intense one like Blue Ribbon and a little bit more, but really trying to get into some of those and knowing what the value is. I have seen the value and I used to think like, what a waste of money. Why would I spend that much money? (laughs) It was like coaching and masterminds. I'm like, I don't even get that. Like, what a waste of money. Why don't you just pour that back into the business? And then you realize that your biggest commodity as a business owner is you, right? Like that's your biggest commodity. And so why Mm -hmm. why not pour into yourself and, and see what kind of results come out of that? Exactly. I always felt like the dumbest person in the room at Blue Ribbon and I loved it. <laughs> like I just love that like there's so many people that were doing what I wanted to do and it wasn't until it was last last fall or something that I, I spoke at the Blue Ribbon Mastermind event about challenges and building a community. And that's when I realized this is cool. This is fun to teach and to like talk about. So that's when I got really passionate about sharing how we build our community um, was after that event, for sure. Well, hey, let's get into it, Alicia. I'm really, really excited to hear all about these 60 day challenges or they just challenges in general. So why don't you go ahead and walk me through, first of all, what is a challenge for people who, who have never really heard of a challenge or maybe, you know, aren't on Facebook. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. like living under a rock and don't know what a challenge is. Tell us a little bit about what they are and how they apply to e-commerce. Yeah, for sure. So just like from the beginning, it was around like, you know, 2018 when we decided to sell, but 2019, we realized like we were kind of plateauing, you know, we need to mm. do something. Um, and I was like, what is the secret sauce that all these other brands are doing? What am I missing? And that's when I realized you know, I just, we had no idea who our customer was and, and what they mm. truly needed and, and their problems. And I felt really embarrassed. It had been like five, five or six years that I was running my business and I didn't truly actually know who our customer was. So I bought this big whiteboard taped on my wall and I spent like a whole week writing down all of our customers' pain points and like where they were at and where they wanted to be and all the objections that were stopping them from reaching their 
where they want it to be because all customers come to us as businesses to solve a problem. You know, this, this isn't a new concept or anything, but I just hadn't actually done the dirty work of really understanding not just surface problems, but internal problems that our customers were really going through. And that's when I realized like our product really wasn't the solution at all. You know, it's just a, one of the little tools that's going to help them achieve that after state mm. that they're trying to achieve. And so that's when I was like, okay, what can I do and build that's going to create this experience that's going to help them get from point A to point B, you know, even if they don't pay us, you know, what can I do to like build that, that whole experience? Yeah. And I got super excited and I was in charge of like our, our marketing design, photography, all that kind of stuff. So I was like, I have the skill sets and resources to be able to build things that can help people. And I got super pumped. But then I was like, I, you know, I realized, you know, I was a one woman marketing team because we were just a small team of three people. We kept it very lean. And I was like, I, you know, I can't build out all of these resources like eBooks and PDFs and, and workout guides and, and just all these things. There was just no way um, unless I like outsourced and it took some time. And that's when a challenge came to mind is that like the end of 2019, I'm like, I could just bundle everything that I w- just thought of and like wrote down on my whiteboard into a challenge into like a system systemized way to help them achieve that after state. Mm. So January, January 5th, 2020 is when I launched my first challenge. And that's when I was so nervous, like, would people like this? Do people understand? But the whole concept of it was just, I asked my customers, you know, come and join me in the 60 days, we're going to work on building this habit together. And then every single week, we would mix up our focus. So we had like an overall goal that we were working on for 60 days. But every single week, we'd change up the focus to like, you know, self love or fitness or all those things that were those internal problems that I talked about that our customer yeah. was really struggling with. All of those things that were going to help them achieve that after state we put into weekly focuses uh, so that by the end of the 60 days they had they achieved incredible success more success than they would have just buying our product and, and trying to use it on their own and we would let people come in that weren't customers and go through this experience and then by the end of it they you know were enrolled in the whole mission of our brand and, and were customers but that's the concept of a challenge I kind of like kind of went everywhere there but that's the concept is you you want to create something that takes your customer from point a to point b you help them go through this experience and and that's what builds like true loyalty because when somebody's successful with your products and your services Services, they'll come back, you know, they're like, oh, wow, that works. Absolutely. So let's dissect this. So first of all, what was the challenge? What, what was the after state that you were promising people when they joined this challenge? Yeah, so it was a 60 day hydration challenge. And we promised the after state was that they, you know, would get healthy, hydrated. And, and that was like the whole goal of it. But internally, like that was like what was the surface level, you could obviously people were coming to us for that problem. But then internally, like they wanted to love themselves more, they wanted to be confident, they wanted to be more active, they wanted to eat better. So that was like, that was like the core was like working on our hydration. But on the other side of, of it, we went deeper into the other problems that would also assist them. Awesome. That's what like caused, you know, more transformation than than just, you know, saying, hey, come and do this with us was that we would mix things up. And the, the idea behind that also was, you know, by mixing it up weekly, that's what helped us create such an engaged community, because people never got bored. You know, people things topics changed every single week, and we were able to focus on different things. So was this something that you were checking in with the community, uh, like once a day, once a week, what was the engagement like? And where did the engagement happen? Yeah. So that was the coolest thing because like I said, we were just a small team of three. Like there was no way that I could manage a community and have to like check in every single day and post content and do all that kind of stuff. I would just check in once a week. We had a live video. Cool. 
where I, I would go live with them. I would announce that week's winners, like what we're working on for our upcoming week, how you guys are doing, offer encouragement, give some like updates on the brand and the business and what we were doing. And that was pretty much it. Because like I said, I didn't have the time to post every day or make new content, but I would just go live and like talk to our customers. And that was like one of the biggest benefits was like, I mean, it's the quote, I shared it at Blue Ribbon, but I love it. And I never had like heard it before until like after. And then I realized, oh man, this is kind of what we're doing. The quote by Maya Angelou that says like, people will forget what you did. People will forget what you said, but people will never forget how you made them feel. Mm-hmm. And so that was the whole concept of the challenge and our weekly lives was like taking that time to truly get to know our customers, talk to mm. them, remember their names, remember their husband's names. like, And then they had that like that whole faceless experience or instead of having a faceless brand, they had this experience of like, this is this brand. They're so cool. And they got to know us at a deeper level and we got to know them, you know. Absolutely. How did you get people into the challenge? Like, where were you gathering these people from? Was this already customers that you had had? Were these, were you running ads to this? Like, and, and was this inside of a Facebook group or or where exactly were you housing this? Yeah. So yeah, it was inside of a Facebook group. And initially I just had started off with our initial customers. You know, I wanted to create an experience where I could take who we had already acquired, nurture them and create a better experience. So I did like the first 260 days with just our current base. And then after that, biggest reason for that was I wanted to cultivate that community and like really get the super fans, you know, engaged and that just initial base. And then after that, we started running it as acquisition And I never actually really fully understood how effective it was to run it as a cold acquisition on Facebook until like after the fact, which I'm so annoyed with myself about. But um, I'm like, why didn't we realize how cool that was? Um, Well, you're you're helping people here who are listening. So you can feel good about that. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Because we normally on Facebook, we were getting like a two return on ad spend, which we were super stoked about. That was profitable for us. But when we run our challenge as like a front end acquisition offer to get people through our door, we were getting a four return on ad spend. And we were like, we doubled our return by offering this as the front end, sending people to a registration page. They like, they registered, then we had an email sequence set up that would like, you know, help them get involved, get set up, start getting some success. And then, but I did not realize that until like, until later on, I'm like, man, I would have thrown way bigger budget at that because it's just, it ended up being a really cool way to get new customers as well. So walk me through how, how did that transition from a challenge into people actually buying your product? Was there like selling throughout it or was it just like the halo effect of the fact that you are hosting the challenge and they're like, oh, I want to buy this product. I love this brand. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So it's kind of a mix of both, to be honest. So when they registered, it was like, here's a coupon, you know, go buy some products if you want. Uh, And then we'd like have sequences set up like that. But everything was very soft selling because you didn't actually have to do the selling. Mm. Especially when you get that first base of customers that come in and have an incredible experience with you. They're like your super fans. And that was the best part uh, is because I didn't have the time to sell and to do all this content. But like you have your troops inside your group that are just talking about how wonderful you are. And like this brand is amazing. These products are so cool. So when people join, they start to get indoctrinated, you know, and, and that was like one of the, one of the funny things was I went home once and my parents, my parents were like, Alicia, like you're you're like the head of a cult now. (laughs) And I was like, I was laughing, but it was like, but it kind of got to that, like that just super fan level where like people 
become so grateful and they experience a level of success and a level of attention that most brands don't offer, that they they are more than happy to be your ambassadors and help you. So that the halo effect of just having a community, but also then we had like parties where we'd had strategic sales options, like or yeah. strategic sales inside of our parties. Mm. And then in our weekly lives, we always talked about our business, what new products we're going to launch, and they felt involved in the development of our brand. You know, so then when the products launched, like, oh, awesome. And they're excited because they like picked the colors of what was launching and they felt involved. And so they're way more eager, way more ready to buy because it was part of our weekly conversation as well. I love it. Okay, let's walk through another brand. I'd love to walk through some ideas, right? A lot of people who are listening to this are in apparel, right? Where mm-hmm. would they Where would they start? Let's get the wheels kind of spinning here on some ideas for these people. Selfishly, also, I own a few apparel brands, so this is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where where would you start as far as the kind of challenge that you would have for your audience? What, what are you thinking of right away? Yeah. So, like I said, every every product or service, there's a problem that somebody's trying to solve. And I, I read it in one of Russell Brunson's books, actually, where he he was quoting somebody saying that like every product or service solves a problem either in health, wealth, or relationships. You know, like there's something, there's a core problem that you're solving in one of those three categories. So that is like the first thing that I do with people is like is that whiteboard. I sit down with them, I, like my clients that I'm helping with now. We sit down and we identify, you know, all the things that your customers trying to achieve mm. and all the problems that they have when they come to you because it might not seem so obvious and it definitely takes some time just really thinking about it like it took me a whole week to like really understand my customers or try to at least and and get the best picture of what I could serve them or what how I could best serve them but there's always something and with like apparel and I definitely have some clients that sell more of those kind of products apparel or bags or or stuff like that there's things like like relationships with themselves confidence relationships with others presenting themselves professionally so Mm. there's these things that people are trying to solve, you know, like if I were to go to a fitness brand, like an apparel fitness brand, you know, I want to portray myself as healthy and active. And I want to that's the lifestyle I'm trying to adopt. So a challenge for like somebody selling apparel that's like fitness or like athleisure or whatever is that lifestyle that 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 person's trying to achieve by by buying that type of clothing, clothing, like being healthy and active. And you can create something that takes them on that journey of the lifestyle they're trying to achieve with your Mm. apparel. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking of one of our brands. It's baby all the way up to uh, women's clothing, focusing mostly, you know, our target demographic is moms. And I'm like immediately like, oh, yeah, okay. I already have some some ideas spinning. One of our other brands, one of the big things that we do is pick up a pound of trash for every item that we sell. And we actually have a whole group of people that do it. And I'm like, oh, immediately like a 30 day or a 60 day trash pickup challenge, getting out in the wilderness and all that sort of stuff like immediately comes to mind for that. So Mm -hmm. my mind's already spinning with some potential ideas there. So cool. That's great. Yeah. That's just the biggest thing, honestly, is that, I mean, we launched ours in January 2020. And it was like scary good timing, like right before the world shut down and people like gathered online trying to find community. Mm. But I, I 100% think community is is just the way of the future still. You know, people want to be a part of something. And no matter, I mean, you can be very strategic in how you set up your challenge. But, but just by offering somebody a community and a place to like get from point A to point B, you know, like you're already ahead of the game of other brands, you know, because that's what people really want. And that's what's going to help, you know, just your overall brand is having that back end experience that keeps them coming back for more. 
Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I got to ask you the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast. What is your secret to scaling? Secret to scaling. I would have to say, you know, just not being afraid of the boring work. I know that's probably a silly answer, but um, yeah, not being afraid of the boring work and doing those things, but also, I mean, just the theme of what we've talked about is community. Yeah. You know, this, the yeah. secret to scaling for us was as soon as we launched our community and built you know, our challenge, everything got easier. Our email marketing got easier. Our Facebook ads got easier. Our social media, orga organic posts got easier because this community built our marketing for us. You know, mm. it gave us all the content. Like we had an, a never ending amount of user generated content that was built in this group that we put in our ads and our emails. And so, yeah, just community because that is something so powerful that you can leverage and sets you apart from everyone else. Sure. Love it. Love it. Oh, I got, sorry, one more practical question on these, uh, on the challenges. Were you using the same Facebook group every time for each challenge that you did? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we were talking about, how like coaches and consultants do like the small challenges and they restart them. I think that honestly, with a brand, you build that group and it's just one group because it's your customers, you know, like, yeah. and you want them, you, like I was talking about your first challenge just to your current customer base to build that loyalty and that experience. And then when you introduce new members, you have your army, you know, so your army just keeps getting bigger and bigger inside this one group. And that's why I'd recommend just keeping it just one group. And when new people join, they do all the dirty work of like, hey, this is how our group works. You know, yes. like they go live once a week, come join us. Like they're, they're the experts that do all the, the heavy lifting for you at that point. Awesome. Um, awesome. That's so great. I got three more questions. Uh, I hope that you are ready. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, first question, favorite tool or app that you're using right now? Uh, Lifetimely for sure. I'm not sure if you've heard of Lifetimely, but I'm like the biggest like... Lifetimely fan in the world. So, oh really? <laughs> yeah, good, yes. good. It's honestly it was game changing for us, and that was one thing like being able to track our customer lifetime value and 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 kind of pinpoint it back to different marketing efforts mm -hmm. was so so powerful for us. Um, especially with t launching our community, uh, we were able to see through Lifetimely that since launching it in 2020 and then the year and a half later, we increased our lifetime value by 45%. And that Unreal. was just like, that was game changing for us. And so using that tool to kind of track what we're doing on a month by month cohort is really cool. I know one of the biggest things that changed for me when I had Lifetimely, it was getting kind of out of the trap of just like pure return on ad spend on cold customers and rather thinking about the uh, customer acquisition cost payback. Um, for me, that was the biggest mm -hmm. thing in Lifetime is like looking like, oh, wait, I can actually afford double of what I thought that I could afford to acquire a customer because they're worth this much in the end. Exactly. And so we just got way more aggressive. And it was like, oh, yeah, this and that that data helps so much. We're actually we're testing triple whale right now as well uh, on the attribution side. And they are actually probably a sponsor during this episode at some point. But um, they're a Lifetimely competitor and and may potentially I love the guys at Lifetime. I, I've talked with the CEO quite a few times. They they might overtake them, so yikes. Triple whale. I think I think triple whale is going to because they have the attribution side as well. The third gotcha. party, the third party pixel, which is just like mind boggling how good it is comparatively to on platform stuff. So finally, awesome. we found found a solution. Anyway, this is <laughs> yeah yeah no for sure. We had just started triple whale, so that's great to know. We don't we don't know a whole lot about it, so that's cool that it's it's been so effective. Yes, yes, they let me play around on the platform with one of our brands, and I'm just like. This is phenomenal. You are going to do incredibly well. I want a piece of the business because I just think it's that good. So <laughs> Yeah. 
Second question for you, favorite podcast or audiobook that you're listening to right now? Well, right now, I just, for the like 10th time, finished The Four Agreements. I don't know if you've heard that book. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of my favorites for sure. Um, and I always recommend it to everybody in, in just a sense, because like the brand that I had built was my mission of it was to remind people that they can live their life with infinite possibilities. And I feel like that's something that, you know, as especially as an entrepreneur, you have to like get rid of those limiting beliefs, you know, that, that you, oh, you that do. we just set yeah. on what well, you set on ourselves. And so that's always been my mission with my brand with like what I do, or what I want to do, you know, in the future is, is to just like remind people to like try to remove those because we all get them, I get them all the time, like limiting yeah. beliefs and stuff. So that's a book that I, I read constantly, like probably once a year, and I just finished it again of just like removing those agreements and those limiting beliefs because you have to, to be able to be an entrepreneur and take on the risks and the, the scary shit we go through. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You're the first person who's uh, recommended that book. And that's a, that's just like required reading. I, I feel like that's a I feel like, yeah. great book. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like everyone, even non-entrepreneurs to just feel like everyone should read that book for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last question for you. If you could sit down with anybody, you get an hour with them. Uh, they have to be alive. Who would it be? Oh man. <laughs> well, currently I've been fangirling over Alex Ramosi. He's like, he's the entrepreneur that it's the scaled gym launch. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. He has done a f just a fantastic job in his business and marketing and uh, scale it. Him and his girlfriend or wife now built that their little, their empire. And it's really cool to just watch them. They're kind of like new, um, and cool, newer cool. and up and coming. So fangirling over his stuff. And I think he's got really great angles on psychology too. And, and just as overall, overall well-rounded person. So it'd be fun to sit down and chat with him. Cool. Cool. Oh, well, this is such a great uh, conversation. Thank you so much for your time today. Where can people uh, find out more about you? And are you, are you helping people do these challenges? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's challengemakers.com uh, is my website that, like I said, since speaking at Blue Ribbon, I was like, oh man, this is, this is fun and just fulfilling to be able to help people build a community for their brand. So challengemakers.com is where I have all my information on building a challenge or getting some coaching and one-on-one -on -one with me to get, get one set up. Sweet. Well, thanks again uh, mm -hmm. so much for your time. We'll make sure to have that uh, link in the show notes and thank you again. Uh, this was amazing. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. It's fun. Hey guys, we hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Can we ask you a favor? Hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode and share this with your e-commerce store owner friends. We also love reviews. So if you could leave us one on Apple Podcasts, that would mean so much to us. Just a reminder from the beginning of the episode, our team at Mindful Marketing is rapidly growing and we have room for one new brand a month that's looking to grow. Now, before you apply, please note that we're only looking for businesses that are ready to scale and have the capacity and the inventory for a large influx of orders. This opportunity is only available to brands that have had at least one year of sales history and are ready for explosive growth. If this sounds like you, go to mindfulmarketing.co slash apply and start the process today. I hope you guys have a great week.